Praise to you, O Christ, King of eternal glory. The Lord is a great God. Oh, that today you would listen to his voice. Harden not your hearts. Praise Praise to you, O Christ, King of eternal glory. Hear the gospel of our Lord Jesus Christ according to Matthew. Glory to you, O Lord. Jesus was led by the Spirit into the wilderness to be tempted by the devil. He fasted 40 days and 40 nights, and afterwards he was famished. The tempter came and said to him, If you are the Son of God, Command these stones to become loaves of bread. But he answered, It is written, One does not live by bread alone, but by every word that comes from the mouth of God. Then the devil took him to the holy city and placed him on the pinnacle of the temple, saying to him, If you are the Son of God, throw yourself down, for it is written, He will command his angels concerning you, And on their hands they will bear you up, so that you will not dash your foot against a stone. Jesus said to him, Again, it is written, Do not put the Lord your God to the test. Again, the devil took him to a very high mountain and showed him all the kingdoms of the world and their splendor. And he said to him, All these I will give you, if you will fall down and worship me. Jesus said to him, Away with you, Satan, for it is written, Worship the Lord your God and serve only him. Then the devil left him, and suddenly angels came and waited on him. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. May I speak in the name of the Father, and of the Son, and of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. Please be seated. So today's reading is about Jesus going into the desert. So I thought I would do a little bit of research on deserts. So I googled desert. And I don't know if this is because of my previous Google search history or not, But up came loads of recipes for desserts. Um, Not where we're going at this time of the year. But I did find out (laughs) that around a fifth of the Earth's surface is um, classed as a desert, cold ones and hot ones. And unfortunately, that is likely to increase given the effects of climate change and the overuse of land. I don't know if anyone has ever travelled to a desert and seen what they are like. I was fortunate in my final year of secondary school, um, there was a geography trip to Namibia, um, which is one of the, the Namib Desert is one of the oldest deserts in the world and has some of the driest places. And it was fascinating Um, just seeing that completely different landscape and different way of of living and thriving in that place. 
But whether we've been to a desert or not, we all know what a desert is. Uh, we know, we've seen, seen them on TV, we've read about them, we've seen pictures. So we know that deserts are generally renowned as places of desolation. They're dry and therefore they're sparse. Deserts are rather inhospitable and therefore not many people or animals live in deserts as they don't provide enough food and water for them to thrive. They're well known for harsh weather conditions and extremes of weather from hot to cold, making life difficult to sustain. Yet I'm always amazed when you watch like the David Attenborough nature programs and he goes into the desert and you see the plants and the animals that do live there and the way that they have adapted to fit that environment, the way they've managed to find ways of getting water from dew and um, storing water uh, and finding food is quite remarkable. But today we're looking at Jesus going into the desert or the wilderness, as our reading had it today. Jesus is led or driven, depending on which gospel reading or you read, into the desert by the Holy Spirit. So this is something that he obeys the Holy Spirit and goes into the desert, this harsh place. Just before he goes into the desert, he's baptised. And at that baptism, we have the voice of God, which pronounces that Jesus is his son. That amazing confirmation, that wonderful high moment. And then he goes down and into the desert, into a difficult place. He goes into the desert, which held for 40 days and 40 nights. Or this is the Bible's way of saying a long period of time. More than is comfortable. We know from reading the Bible that Jesus is not the first to go into the desert. We find similar periods for other holy figures in the Bible. Moses spent 40 days and nights fasting up Mount Sinai as he recorded God's covenant with the people. Elijah spent 40 days and 40 nights fasting in the wilderness as he waited to hear the voice of God. This period in the wilderness is a time of preparation and learning of testing and waiting. And in all these cases, the central figures emerge from the desert empowered to continue on their mission with a greater revelation of what that mission is and a fire in their belly to live it out. There are many monastic traditions of going into the desert as a way of separating themselves from the world, ridding themselves of distraction, of simplifying life so that they can focus and recognise the presence of God. Possibly that is inspired by these stories of these central characters in the Bible. But it's generally agreed in Christian circles that deserts serve as a metaphor for the deep mysteries of God, for the stillness, the silence and emptiness in which a meeting with the divine can become possible. 
Many of us today live really busy lives. I am often wanting just a little bit of space, just a little bit of stillness, but it's difficult. But the desert sort of captures that idea of stillness and emptiness and silence. But it's a difficult place to go. Deserts are in the Bible a place of encounter, encounter with God. But going through the trials and temptations of being in the desert or going to those hard places is not fun. But there's something about going through difficulties and trials in our lives that somehow sharpens our focus and builds strength and resilience that cannot happen in the seasons of abundance. As many of you will know, I grew up in South Africa. So one of my heroes is Nelson Mandela. Uh, I probably would have admired him no matter what country I grew up in, but somehow I feel like he's a kinsman. But his, you know, who he was, I believe he was made in his time in jail, in that desert place, that difficult place. Before Nelson Mandela was arrested and put in jail, he was an arrogant, headstrong young man. He did things that probably weren't very nice. But his time in jail is what formed his character and sharpened his vision, honing his diplomacy skills and a yearning for peace. Without that time in jail, I don't believe he would have been a great leader. And, but precisely because of that time of difficulty, of hardship, he became indeed a great leader. Jesus' time in the desert was formative for him too. Jesus is led by the Spirit into the desert where the devil challenges his identity the identity that God had just confirmed at his baptism. Satan calls into question Jesus' relationship with God, saying to him again and again, if you are the son of God, you will do this. It might have been easy for Jesus to start to doubt, to struggle. But instead, he draws on the affirmation of his identity to help him stand upon the word of God against these temptations. Jesus' response to the temptations demonstrates that he's righteous according to the law and also proves his identity as God's son. Jesus knows exactly who he is, who he belongs to. We too are children of God, but how easily do we forget that we are children of God? Coming out of the desert, Jesus then embarks on his mission, declaring almost immediately, repent for the kingdom of heaven is near. The light that has come to dispel the darkness. The desert in this case appears to be a link between Jesus's identity and his mission. The identity that is affirmed in the desert becomes the source of his mission as he comes out of the desert and begins his ministry 
in earnest. We may very often want to fast forward through the hardships in our life or skip through the boring bits. I do believe that there is a comedy with Adam Sandler in it that covers some of that. But really, our character and identity are formed in those places and out of them we're able to allow God to walk through us, to work through us as we seek to bring his light into the dark places of our world. In the Beatitudes, which we are studying at the Come and See Lent course, we read, Blessed are the poor in spirit, for they shall inherit the earth. There's something about realising what we lack that allows us to acknowledge our need for God to fill us and to work in our lives. <clears throat> Perhaps the goal of a life of faith isn't to escape lack or limitation, but to discover God amidst our needs and learn, along with Paul, that God's grace is sufficient for us. Maybe that is something we can focus on this Lent. <clears throat> Faith is not about doing away with hardships. Hardships are a part and parcel of this life. But faith is what gives us the courage to stand in the middle of hardships. And not just to survive, but actually to be able to flourish in and through Jesus, who is the one who was tempted as we are and knows exactly how we struggle. This same Jesus now invites us to find both hope and courage in the God who named not just Jesus, but each and every one of us as children of God. Maybe we could do with being reminded of who we are in God. As we start this season of Lent, reflecting on the time Jesus spent in the desert, maybe we should think about how we can find stillness, silence and emptiness in our lives so that we can meet with God. Maybe the challenge is to give something up or take something up that is not easy because in doing so we remember that we are forged in the difficult places, the desert places. As we think about our Lent pledge, our tree, taking action to do something that will help the planet reduce our carbon footprint, help to tackle climate change. Let's not just pick something that's relatively easy to do. While you might be able to stick with it, we might not learn as much through doing it. Things like when you suddenly have to factor in a 30-minute travelling time because you're going to walk somewhere rather than a five- or six-minute commute, it can begin to feel hard. But taking on that challenge will bring change. And we might be quite pleasantly surprised at some of the changes it brings in us. Maybe that 30 minutes will become a place of solitude and silence in which you can meet with God. 
And definitely you will find yourself reaping the benefits of some fresh air and some exercise. But that cost, that cost of your time is definitely worth paying because it will reap rewards. This Lent, I invite you to enter the desert with Jesus. Enter this time of trial and testing willingly, just as Jesus did, knowing that when we do, we will realise that life takes on deeper meaning.